the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Today's epistle consists of some verses that occur at the beginning of St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. It sounds like a mere prelude to more important things that are coming later in the letter, but it ends with a significant statement of purpose. Quote, that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is to say, the purpose of all the instructions St. Paul will give in all the chapters of 1 Corinthians is that those who read what he has to say will be ready for the coming of Christ. The future event St. Paul is talking about is described in different ways in the New Testament. Sometimes it's called the second coming of Christ, sometimes the revealing of Jesus, sometimes the day of judgment. The purpose of looking forward to this day is frequently misunderstood, especially in our time. To say that our goal is to be blameless in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ is not a call to try and figure out when the day is going to happen. It's not a call to walk around gloomily lamenting the near end of the world or to try to escape, still less to escape from the world, to think about heaven and have nothing particular to offer in daily life today. This is rather a call to change the way we look at time. Life in this world is temporary. It has an end. The very movement of time from day to day, week to week, moving forward into the future, gives us the sense, the impression that we're going somewhere. From the standpoint of the world apart from God, the, the place life is going is death. But Christ has conquered death. And we share in that conquest through faith. As Jesus said, whoever believes in me shall never die. Our bodies will, in fact, die. But through the gift of the Spirit, we've been given a new kind of life that will continue beyond the death of our bodies. Our spirits will continue to live in Christ and with Christ. So we understand that death is not the end of life. Death is the separation of the spirit from the body. Our hope is resurrection. Our hope is for the undoing of this act of death. If death is a separation of spirit from the body, then resurrection is the reuniting of the spirit and the body so that we can experience the fullness of human life. We bury the body in the ground in a funeral, quote, in sure and certain hope of the resurrection. Because the fullness of human life and the fullness of human hope requires a body. After death, we continue to live in Christ. We call this the intermediate state. We don't know very much at all about the intermediate state. The Bible says virtually nothing about it than to say that it is with Christ in paradise or asleep. But the one thing we know about the intermediate state 
is that it is not final. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. And so do the faithful departed. The day of resurrection we look forward to is the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. The day on which St. Paul wants his readers to be found blameless. It is the end point of our hope. It is the day when the life planted within us in baptism is brought to completion. It is the day when the creation itself will be renewed and fulfilled, when God's plan for the whole world is brought to its conclusion. We don't know exactly what this will look like when the dead are raised, when Christ is revealed, when the creation is renewed. There is no way we can envision it. It will involve the opening up of dimensions of reality that we cannot see. It will mean the end of the continuum of time and space as we now know it. But if we believe in an omnipotent God who created the world in the beginning with meaning and purpose, it only makes sense that he plans to bring that creation to the conclusion he intends for it. The Christian faith makes no ultimate sense without a day when all that is promised will be fulfilled. Thus, the day of our Lord Jesus Christ is necessarily the focus of our life and hope, no matter when it may occur or whether we live to see it. It is not a chronological goal. It is rather the end point of human existence, the thing that everything else points to and without which nothing makes sense. However, the Christian life is not merely an anticipation of some future thing. The future is anticipated and experienced right now through the life of prayer in Christ. We desire, or we can learn to desire, or we ought to learn to desire this future fulfillment because we already experience it, taste it right now. We want more of what we already have. We can see this current presence in the language the New Testament uses about the kingdom of God. Jesus began his ministry saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. <clears throat> at hand means near or even present. The kingdom of God was present in the person of Jesus. It had not yet fully arrived, but it was beginning to break into time and space in to human history in the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. Through the gift of the Spirit on Pentecost, the, the kingdom came to be present in and through the church. The church is the extension of the incarnation. As the church proclaims the gospel in word and deed, as her members use their gifts in service. 
as we enjoy life together in the present moment in Christ. The future kingdom is manifested right now in time. We can also say to the world, repent for the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We see this tension between fulfillment and expectation in the Eucharist. We come to the altar to experience communion with God in Christ in the sacrament. And this experience of communion fulfills us on one level. But it also leaves us longing for something more. Or another way to say it is it helps us experience that future fulfillment in the present moment. And if you have a taste of a future meal, you will develop within yourself a longing for the full feast. The gathering of the faithful around the altar on the Lord's Day, in fact, anticipates the gathering of the faithful by Christ on the day of the Lord. All of the elements of the future event the New Testament speaks of are present as we gather. Christ comes to us. He descends to meet us at the altar as we believe he'll appear at the end of time. We have an encounter with Christ that changes us. Our sinful bodies are made clean by his body and our souls are washed through his blood. We enter into union with God. We are restored to wholeness of life in the body. We go forth to begin life anew, to live life in the time of the new creation. And this is how the end of the Christian life informs our time. We do not live in the time that begins at birth and ends at death. We live in the time that begins in baptism and ends in resurrection. We live in a time that constantly uh, moves forward as we meet on the Lord's Day, which is the first day of the week, but it's also the eighth day of the week. We begin and end our time in Christ, who is the Alpha and the Omega. Consequently, we work at being blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ, not by predicting the day or being afraid of the judgment or even being afraid of what may happen in this world. We work at getting ready for being blameless in that day by entering into the fullness of the life of prayer in the kingdom of God right now by truly and earnestly repenting of our sins now, by being in love and charity with our neighbors now, by doing the good works God has prepared for us to walk in now, by honoring the image of Christ in the least of his brethren when we see him now. The future kingdom is already here, so that we can respond to it. But the future kingdom is not yet fully here, so we 
continually and constantly wait for it to come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.